Much good has it ever done for you. There are many things from which I might have derived good, from which I have not profited, and Christmas is among them. But I have always thought of Christmas when it has come around as a good time. The only time I know in the long calendar year when men and women seem to open their shut-up hearts freely and think of other people below them as if they really were fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good. And I say, heaven bless it. Bravo, heaven bless you, Mr. Frederick. Oh, very good, sir. Another very word out of you, Mr. Cratchit, and you'll be celebrating Christmas by losing your job. <laughs> You're quite a powerful speaker, sir. I wonder why you don't go into politics. Come, come, Uncle. Dine with us tomorrow. I'll see you darn first. Why? Why did you get married? Because I fell in love. <laughs> good night. No. Uncle... You never came to see me before I got married, so why do you use it as an excuse for not coming now? Good night. Uncle, I want nothing from you. Why can't we be friends? Good night. Well, then, good night. And, Uncle, Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year. Humbug. And a Merry Christmas to you, too, Bob. Thank you, Mr. Frederick, and I'm sure I will... The sight of your pleasant face so warms my heart. That's another silly fellow, my clerk. With $15 a week with a wife and family, talking about a Merry Christmas. Bah humbug. Meanwhile, the fog and darkness thickened so much that people ran about with torches offering to walk before horses and carriages and lead them safely on their way. The ancient church tower, whose gruff old bell was always peeping down at Scrooge, struck the hours in the clouds and fog with shivering vibrations afterwards, as if its teeth were chattering in its frozen head. The cold became intense. you want? To close up the shop, if that's okay, Mr. Scrooge, sir. Anything to rob me. It's past closing time, sir. What does closing have to do with work? You'll want off all day tomorrow, I suppose. If it's quite convenient, Mr. Scrooge, sir. It's not convenient, and it's not fair. If I was to dock your pay for it, you'd think yourself mistreated. And yet you don't think me mistreated when I pay wages for no work. But it's only once a year, sir. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket. You want the whole day? If you please, sir. What would you do with it? Oh, play games with Tiny Tim and the rest, I suppose. Shaw. Go. Um, I beg your pardon, Ebenezer, sir, but these papers were left here in the office by the church officials, and... They're asking for donations for the poor. 
What have I to do with the poor? Nothing, sir. But they asked me to say that thousands of poor people at this very moment are in need of common comforts, sir, and in want of bread. Are there no prisons? Well, there's plenty, sir, I'm sorry to say. Workhouses and sweatshops? They are in existence, are they not? Both, sir, and very busy. I was afraid by these begging petitions something had occurred to stop them. The gentleman wished me to ask you what they should put you down for. Nothing. I can't afford to make idle people merry. Those that are badly off may go to the workhouses. Those that can't may... But they may die. If they like. It's not my business. They will not. I'll put myself down for a dollar. You may go and see that you're here early in the morning to make up for the day that you cheat me out of. Well, what a stone heart. No warmth could warm or wintry weather chill him. He buttons himself up so tight in his selfishness that no good feeling could possibly melt his heart. Scrooge took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and spent the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went home to bed. He lived in chambers which had once belonged to his deceased partner, Jacob Marley. They were a gloomy suite of rooms. It was old enough now and dreary enough that nobody lived in it but Scrooge. The other rooms were all being rented out as offices. The yard was so dark that even Scrooge, who knew its every stone, had to grope with his hands. The fog and frost was so thick around the old black gateway of the house that it seemed as if Mother Nature herself sat in mournful meditation on the doorstep. He slammed his front door and made his way up his dreary stairs. To my thinking, all the world's going mad with their folly and waste. Merrymaking is a term they apply to squandering and waste. What right have they to lose an hour, a minute? Time's money, and money's too precious to be lost. You, vagabonds, if you don't move from my door, I'll have you arrested. Let somebody else enjoy your music. I hate it. Go on, get. Oh, brr. Rather a gloomy night. It was just such a night when old Marley died. Ah, poor Jick. When I look around the room, I can hardly believe he's gone. Yet he is gone. Dead. Dead as a doornail. Ah, all flesh is grass. He sat down in front of his massive fireplace 
to eat a bowl of soup. His fireplace had been built many years ago by a Dutch merchant. It was decorated with tiles designed with many images. Pharaoh's daughters, queens of Sheba, angelic messengers, kings and abels, and apostles putting off to sea. Hundreds of figures and faces to attract his thoughts. And yet, like an old prophet's rod, Marley's face appeared in the fireplace and swallowed all of the images up. Every image and every smooth tile had become an image of old Marley's head. Every one of them. Oh. 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 